Minnesota Wild have been sensed. Welcome back, everybody, to Game Over Ottawa. Our guest today, Matt Bosty, he now has his undefeated record extending into this season. How are you doing today, Bosty? Oh, I'm doing great. How can you not be doing great after a, a beautiful win like that? Oh my god, that that was so nerve-wracking. I, I, I had my butt cheeks clenched all, all <laughs> third period, all overtime. Holy crap. So the Sens picking up four out of four points in Sweden. Pretty much it, it, it was uh it was it was uh, a bit of a roller coaster to get to those four points, but can't complain in the end, right? Well, opposite games too. Uh like the high mm-hmm. offense that and the high offense, no defense that both Detroit and uh, Ottawa brought on uh on Thursday contrasted so hard with this like super tight goaltender duel that we got to see with Forzy and uh, and Gus. But uh, it, it's just nice. It's nice. I'm I'm so hopeful for the first time, I want to say, in like three weeks that them getting these four points, six points in a row now, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can build off this like it, there's still some some issues, but just six points is six points. It's climbing the uh, the standings, which we badly need to do. So it's it's just it's great. It's nice. It's two o'clock. It's sunny outside on a Saturday. The Sens get six points. It's really rare for us to uh, to be in a position like this in November. Yeah, the morning hockey. How do you feel about that eleven a.m. start time? Eleven a.m. is kind of great. Like I I hate three p.m. Because oh, yeah. I those afternoons are the one or the threes. Like when you have those weird afternoon games, because when you're done, you're like, okay, I immediately have to do something. Mm-hmm. Whereas like 11, p- 11 a.m., it's like, okay, wake up, got a coffee, just like kind of bummed around and watch the game. And it's like, I still have so much of my day left. For it's sure. nice. I wouldn't want to go. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go to any game that starts at 11. That's the crazy part. But just mm-hmm. like it, that, that was great. Now, if we had lost, I would have said never again will there be an 11 a.m. game for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, after the second period there, I was like, 11 a.m. is not the vibe. It was it was not <laughs> not feeling too good, but we we pulled it off in the end. Yeah, it, it's probably just my degenerate sleep schedule, but the it felt really weird waking up at like 10 o'clock and then the game, <laughs> I, I make breakfast and then the game is starting already. That felt really weird. It's probably uh probably for people who watch a lot of soccer, like English Premier League, probably felt more normal because they've got those start times all the time. I would love to watch EPL, but I am not waking up for eight in the morning. And exactly. the people who do, you are you are deranged. If you actively go and wake up and you watch your F1 races, I just pretend. Mm-hmm. I Google the score. And then if you look ever, check my, my tweets at like 11.15 on a Sunday. And I'm talking about F1 or, uh, or soccer. Completely just read a box score and pretending like I watched it. Yeah, exactly. I used to wake up on uh, on Sunday mornings, Saturday and Sunday mornings, and just watch the EPL highlights on on TSN <laughs> at, at like Perfect. noon. Maybe there would still be one game going. So glad that uh, we don't typically have games this early, especially <laughs> with uh, the the Leafs playing at eight a.m. tomorrow. I would be pissed <sighs> if the Sens got one of those start times. Oh my god! Like, think about the West Coast fans. Like, you're if you want to watch these games, you got to be up at five in the morning. That's True. insane. Oh my god. Even the Japanese Olympics weren't that bad. Yeah, holy crap. <laughs> well, well, we're here, we're through that early start time, and we've got like the earliest start time ever for a game over show, probably, until Toronto. <laughs> Toronto will one up us tomorrow by having a game over before noon, which is crazy. Uh, unless the game goes really off the rails. Huge mm. stoppages every period. They have yeah. to change out every pane of glass. Let's oh, hope for god. that. 
Yep. So uh, we'll get into a full recap of the game, but before we do that, we just want to thank our sponsor, Batano. The NHL season is heating up, and there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Whether you're looking to hammer an Austin Matthews anytime goal, or bet the under when the Sens are playing against one of their former goaltenders, our partners at <laughs> Sign Up Expert want to make sure you're ready to sweat your bets with one of the best. Sign Up Expert is hooking up our listeners with one of the newest sportsbooks available in Canada, Batano. Batano is home to some of the best odds when it comes to betting on the NHL and offers unique markets, including virtual soccer and basketball. All you have to do to get started is scan that QR code on your screen or click the link in the description to register and place that first bet. If you thought the Vancouver Canucks have been the best surprise of the season so far, wait until you try Batano. Don't walk, run to check out Batano today. Scan that QR code or hit the link in the description to get started. Start sweating your bets with the best. Always remember to bet responsibly, of course, and within your means, and viewers must be 19 plus to sign up for Batano. So there you have it. And for this game, I feel like we have to start off talking about Anton Forsberg, right? Picking up the player of the game nod. Uh, he got it. He got he got the rolly. A rolly yep, for he, he got Let's that go. rolly. <laughs> when I think I saw, I think it might have been Kevin Lee on Twitter or or someone was like, after the second period, it's like, these guys know there's a rolly on the line, right? <laughs> like they got to they gotta pick it up and, and someone's got to get that nice, uh, that nice drip there, you know? So, yeah. Forsberg with an awesome performance here today. I think a lot of people have been worried about his play this season so far. Uh, we were discussing on our last show whether or not we wanted to see Forsberg in net versus Corpus Allo because a lot of people have just been saying we should just run with Corpus Allo. But I was hoping to see Forsberg get the start. Thankfully, he did, and it turned out well. 40, 40 family and friends in, in the stands, too. I know yeah. uh, the TSN or, yeah, it was a TSN game. They were showing all of Gus's family uh, mm-hmm. sitting there. But Forzy had, like, a whole section. And there is something about playing in front of your family that uh, that's just different. Uh, Corpus Allo absolutely uh, has been kind of, in our last three games that he started, has been the big reason why we've had our wins. Uh, but Forsberg tonight, he was locked in. And after the game that he had, his last start, where what was it three, nothing 10 minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like it, it really was imperative for him here getting the nod just because it's the classy thing to do in, in Sweden. And then he was like, I'm thinking he had, he didn't make any like showstopper saves, but that's Forsberg. He's just such a, st- a steady, steady goalie. And that pass, like oh, that, yeah. we're going to be seeing that one for years. It's amazing. We're, we're getting some highlight reel plays here in Sweden, like from obviously Timmy last game and then Forsberg, the branch from Swedish connection on that play. That was, that was freaking awesome. Well, that's just it. Like, is this like, I know we joke about the senators being the main character of the NHL, but like we absolutely <laughs> are like, we win both two games in like nail biting fashion like the the come from behind victory well i guess it wasn't coming from behind when we were up by four yeah. but it really felt like we were behind to get it felt that, like uh, it. Jimmy, it really Jimmy did OD goal and then our goalie to our other swede who for some reason because of these giant swedish benches was just in the most perfect position to take a breakaway pass like you can't mm. you can't write that that's wwe script writing right <laughs> here and it, when have you seen brandstrom take a slapper like that like that, yeah. I thought he was gonna go in and just try and like deke out because that's Brandy, but he just did the almost like a half Giroux where he just yeah, got to the line and just Giroux. was like, yeah, it was it's amazing. I'm just so happy, you know, you know that's like 
as 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 North Americans or as Canadians, I think we take for granted just how, like, okay, yeah, whatever, Team Canada, we all cheer for Team Canada when there's something going on. But a lot of these players, like Team Sweden, like you listen to Elfie in the pregame uh, little interview, and he was talking about his goal wasn't the NHL when he was young; it was to to wear the blue and yellow in a World Championship. So when them being able to perform in their country, and then mm-hmm. both Forsberg and Brandstrom having that moment there, you know that's going to be in 20 years when they're retired, this is going to be a, a time that they think back to. And that's it's, just cool. Yeah. That's just great. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely is going to be one to remember for, for both Branstrom and Forsberg. I think especially because uh, out of the out of the teams that all went to Sweden, like the Sens were kind of the one that didn't really have like a star Swedish player. Yeah. Like kind of, it's two depth guys basically, but they managed to steal <laughs> the show here today, which is just awesome. They, yeah. they managed to have their moment. Um, so very happy about that. I, I screamed very loudly when Branstrom scored. I think not just because it was a huge goal, but specifically because it was Eric Branstrom and we all yeah. love him so much. It, it's been awesome having him back in the lineup uh, for these past few games. And we really noticed his uh, his absence when he was out too. Like uh, Tyler Clevin and Nick Magnifalo playing like five minutes a night. That that was just not feasible. So whether or not they should have been playing that, uh, that little ice time, the fact that we had Branstrom back in there now, DJ actually trusts him a little bit to play at least like 15 minutes a night so it, it makes a huge difference regardless of the goal tonight it's just been absolutely awesome to to have brandy back eh? like uh just even just a goal or a defenseman that has the ability to pass the puck out of their own zone like mm-hmm. yeah. uh, outside of i guess anderson and chick of course but still just just the the amount of transitions that he starts out on the on the blue line it's just it's undeniable and once we get shabbat back in too i think we're going to see a lot less of those there was that big stretch it wasn't in the third or the second where stutzla and uh brady were locked in on their own zone for like two minutes straight luckily was it maroon took the weakest penalty oh, yeah, like I, call. oh my god i would be so bad if uh if i was a minnesota fan because they were they hemmed us in and then that that got called uh, mm-hmm. but stuff like that that's happening because we don't have that ability to transition the puck out from our d so when brandstrom's on the ice it's great and then once we get shabbat we can have two to three pairs that can actually get the puck out of the end really really consistently it's good we're gonna go back to looking like we're uh we're a team with a little bit more of a formula, a little bit more of a system. <laughs> the systems that we do have in place might be weak, but at least that with that kind of defenseman uh, decor, we might be able to actually kind of kind of get back to our our light systemic ways. Yeah, regardless of how much anyone likes the systems, at least with the with the healthy lineup and those puck moving defensemen back yeah. in the lineup, we'll at least be able to execute a little <laughs> bit better than than how it's been as of late. And just uh, another thing as well, I remember back when we were trying to when we thought that we were still trying to create cap room for Pinto too, you know, everyone, everyone has been saying, thank God we didn't trade Matthew Joseph, but also Branstrom was the other guy who was kind of in that conversation of like, you just move him out with his 2 million. So I am glad that that never happened, obviously because of how the whole Pinto thing played out. But even if we were, even if we were able to get Pinto into the lineup at this point, Branstrom is still such an important depth piece because as you were saying, like with Shabbat coming back soon, but he's been out for like two or three weeks. And, uh, and then when Branstrom, Branstrom went down, I think, in the, like the very next game without Shabbat. Or did they go down in the same game, I think, against the Islanders? I think they I think went down the, the same, same game. Night. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, yeah, like Branstrom is the guy who can step up when 
when you're missing either like Sanderson, Chikrin, or Shabbat. And then when we had neither of them, we saw that our depth was really tested. So <laughs> Travis Hamonick taking clappers from yeah. any part of the ice. Hamonick uh, playing 25 minutes a night sometimes. Like, holy <laughs> crap. He was only uh, only 13 minutes tonight, and that's what we need. Like, Hamonick, 13 minutes, fine. that's perfect. I'm perfectly he, fine with him in that ice Let him time. Let him play like 60% of the penalty kills where he just parks himself in front of the net and lets pucks hit him. Mm-hmm. And, and just kind of limit his exposure and then he's completely serviceable he's not great but he is he is not he's not a huge fault oh i i just wanted to go back to us talking about or back when there was like a, oh let's trade uh branny yeah uh, i think we were so overvaluing clevin and uh mm. Palo too like they had okay training camps but watching them up in the nhl it's so clear that they need at least another year uh mm. in the ahl just to figure out just the speed and the pace of the game uh, but high hopes that they're going to end up being something that we can use in the future, but even higher hopes that we won't have to use them that much more this season and we can stay healthy back there. Yeah, I agree. Clevin, of course, has the tools and we all see his potential, but it's just sort yeah. of a matter of uh, getting up to speed at the at the pro game. He's still still adjusting to that. So you're, you're definitely right about that. And I guess the other topic I want to bring up about the defenseman really quickly is because yeah. we, we didn't really have a chance to talk about this in the last game was actually Jacob Bernard Docker had those two huge hits in the last game. And he's been playing pretty great lately, hasn't he? Well, what, where did this come from? Yeah, because, it's well, so how, weird. He, he's at like 40, 40 games or something in the NHL now and uh, maybe even less, but... Every other game outside of maybe the last week, he has looked so tentative, so scared. And then he just came into Detroit. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a little bit of a physical defenseman. Yeah. And like if he can actually harness that skill and become kind of like a more, a less physical, more skill like Borvietsky, where mm. with that ability to just close off people trying to sneak in on the, the blue zone, that's an amazing third pairing D that we could, we could turn into. And it, I'm just so happy for him. I really like the guy. I yeah. loved him in Nodak. Uh, and it really felt like he was up against it in the Sen system. And I wonder if this is like the Elfie connection with Elfie taking a much more hands-on role. Did he just sit and look at JBD and just have like a one-on-one and said, Hey, stop being scared. Just hit a few people. There you go. And it, because it looks like he's had a whole new view of how he wants to hone his game. Mm-hmm. He realizes that he can't be that top, uh, power play D that he was in junior and he was in, in college. And if he can just become a little bit grittier and a little bit like a little bit harder to play against, I think that he'll have a, a good NHL career ahead of him. Cause right now he's miles ahead of everyone else we've, we've called up to the point where I don't know if you send him back down, you might just keep him in your, in your roster and uh, swap him, him and Hamannick out. Or if someone needs a day to, to take off, he'd be the perfect one to kind of place it. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. Yeah, Those that, hits. That's oh. exactly, exactly what I was going to say was uh, it, if we have the cap space, I would totally just keep him up as a seventh D for a while. And like you said, switch him in and out with Hamannick as needed, especially because it's going to be a really condensed schedule for the Sens yeah. coming up soon. You're going to need to be rotating guys in and out. And I'm sure guys will be picking up injuries every now and then. So the fact that JBD has been this good um, after we've already had some injuries too, like 
he he started off slow his first few games after being called up. Yeah. I don't think anyone was super impressed, and his preseason, no one was super impressed either. So people were people were kind of writing him off. But he's actually like impressed me for the last few games now. Even before going to Sweden, I thought he was playing as one of our better defensemen. I was kind of liking him paired with Chikrin. And then of course those hits against Detroit. <laughs> if he can can start to consistently have a physical physical element to his game, that's going to be completely awesome. And I saw on Twitter as well that he apparently leads the team in block shots somehow i think like over over i think that was over the course of the whole season i'd have to like fact check that to confirm but if even if it's not like first place in the team in block shots like he he is getting a lot of those so that's a huge like, aspect i don't too. know how i don't know how he could be even close to hamannick because hamannick yeah hamannick is the king he just, of that. he just sits in the little slot and just pivots left and right to let pucks hit him like i think he had two <laughs> like that one where he got like rocked right at the arm and i think someone was like oh are you okay he's like oh yeah just hit my arm like it's He's yeah, he had to like dude. put his elbow yeah. in front of his face to to save it from from hitting him in the mouth. <laughs> uh, at least he has good vibes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Bernard Docker, like especially, is Hamannik on a one year deal or a two year deal? I think it's two, two year, right? Two year. Yeah, yeah. Like we don't know how how that's going to go into the second year, but but after Hamannik's contract is up, if JBD could just slot right in there and yeah. and bring a little bit of that physical presence and the shot blocking, that that's awesome for, for our blue line's depth in the future because especially for right-handed D, like the only other <laughs> guy we have is Lassie Thompson and with JBD's play style, it probably gives him more of an edge for that bottom pairing. Yeah, and it, Lassie, I, I do have hopes that he can kind of figure, figure out more consistency of the game because I remember it was last season he had that ridiculous pass i can't mm. remember who scored it but it was it was uh, like a carlson light pass over over two lines just to have it land on the other player's stick so if he can get that going but he's he's struggling this year and i think the whole uh you're being sent to anaheim oh you're back to ottawa back to belleville like that's not an easy thing on any any player but hey if we're if we're struggling uh or if we're suffering from too many d prospects that we're kind of hoping to get a next level that's not the worst thing in the world for sure, for sure. And uh, just a quick to- reminder to anyone watching live that we will be checking in on the chat sort of towards the end of the show. So any questions or comments uh, that you have about the game or for me or for Bosti, uh, leave them at any time, regardless of if it has anything to do with what we're talking about. We'll check in closer to the end and do a little bit of a chat recap uh, to close out the show. Um, but from there, I guess we've been talking a lot about the defense. You want to want to talk about the forwards a little bit because it was yeah. it's tough to talk about the forwards today in a game that was so low scoring, right? Yeah, and and the 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 goal came from a goalie to a yeah, to, goalie to, and defenseman to a D. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not a, not common. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think to what what was even kind of going on because it didn't really feel like any of them stood out in either a good or bad way. Yeah, like. If we didn't come back and win this game, I was totally prepared to come on here and just roast the offense entirely for not being yeah. able to generate anything because outside of the shot total somehow hitting 30 shots which that <laughs> surprises me like it to me it felt like closer to 20 like I'm sure there was a few shots there that we were just dumping it in uh, from zero outside the zone. Zero second chances. We had zero we had second, no chances. second chances at all. That's and 100%. It, against Gus too. Gus is a rebound goalie. Like if you watch mm-hmm. watch how he plays, he just plays all with his legs and he kicks them right back to the slot. But I guess Minnesota also looked so dialed in. 
And after they had given up eight goals in their last game, I'm pretty sure they were just determined not to uh, not to to let that happen again. Uh, I thought I thought Timmy was good. I thought Timmy was good tonight. He was trying to make a lot happen, which I'm I'm happy to see. Brady, I think, had a lot of trouble kind of finding space. He they mm-hmm. they encircled his number, but Joseph Joseph was such a firecracker. He was flying yeah. again tonight. Like he was, he was making space. He was getting, he was getting in other people's faces. I, I think he had a penalty, but he also drew a penalty. Like he was just engaged in every, every zone. So it's super nice to see him. Well, he's third line, second line, and now first line. And each time mm-hmm. he's been promoted, he looks like the best player on the line. Some nights, that's exactly what you want from a player like Joseph. And it's just so nice to see him put it together after the, uh, the rough time yesterday or yesterday last year. Yeah, it, it feels like whatever line that he plays on just becomes our best line, no matter yeah. what, like no matter who who he's playing with. So awesome stuff from Joseph. Once again, he played 21 minutes tonight, too. So you're right. Like Ooh. he I knew he was out with uh, Stutzla and Giroux for most of his shifts, but I didn't realize that he had quite as much ice time as both of them, because sometimes sometimes the weaker guy on a line will get like a few minutes less. They'll, they'll yeah. like, do- double shift someone else. But uh, lots of trust from the coach uh, in Matthew Joseph, for sure. Yeah, which let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I agree with you that that Kachuk was pretty quiet tonight, which is kind of funny because he had seven shots according to the box score. <laughs> but but you're right that you're right that they neutralized him pretty well because I think Minnesota is one of the bigger teams able to yeah. uh, handle Kachuk's physical play. So it's not like he was just out there steamrolling guys like we see sometimes. And those seven shots is kind of like. Some of them were off the rush from far out or just like banging in and around the net, like as he's usually doing. So <laughs> it, it was kind of a quiet night for Kachuk, but he definitely had the effort there tonight. And and I agree about Stutzla too. Like it, it seems like lately Stutzla will have one game where he just totally explodes. And then the next game, <laughs> next game no points. Like the I think yeah. it was the four points against Toronto and then the next night against Vancouver wasn't nearly as good. The amazing game against Detroit and then quiet again here today. But I did like his game overall still, like really good yeah. with puck possession and breakouts uh even though obviously no one was generating <laughs> offense for the sense at all so it's like I can't, I can't really blame him right he gets a pass <laughs> yeah i every time i watch minnesota i forget how good brodin is and, yeah he's and, underrated well it's just it, it, you watch just the small things he does is he ne- he never loses like every single play he always came out on top whether it was muscle whether it was getting the puck or whether it was uh whether it was even just like blocking passes like how many we had like six cross crease passes in the second that got blocked by whatever D which made Mm -hmm. the game look really really boring but it was it was kind of it's always interesting to see these teams that you don't really watch often and who really wants to watch Minnesota like they are are the least exciting like even Kirill is uh is a superstar but like he does not have that same level of uh of notoriety that everyone else in the league does Mm -hmm. uh they're just kind of like that so it's watching Spurgeon watching Brodine and watching just kind of like even Erickson Eck who is having such a year it's good to see and seeing him on this big stage it was kind of uh it's kind of nice to remember that hey they might actually end up being another good team this year after their kind of their rough start yeah it's interesting because uh, when we started to preview the Sweden games. I didn't realize that Minnesota's record was so poor I think they were like five eight and two or something heading into Sweden and I couldn't believe that someone was one of these sweet teams going to Sweden was worse than the sense, you know, <laughs> just like on, on paper in terms of wins. So I, I think 
I guess it makes sense in the end that this was a fairly evenly matched game. I was just expecting it to be more of a shootout, right? I was expecting it to be like 5-4 to four or something, the way both these teams have been giving up goals. So definitely credit to the Wild for sure for uh, getting back to their more defensive style that they're usually known for. Yeah, and I'm happy to see Gus... Uh... Guts have a like he got a point. You he had a very strong game, mm-hmm. and it's good to see that because he's had a lot of struggles this year. And I know that he has. Uh, I know that he takes things pretty tough. I know it, when he was in the yeah. Sens organization, he had a lot of ups and downs. So not having a bad game in Sweden is just on a human level. I'm really happy that he'll also be able to think back to this and know that he had a had a good time with in front of his friends and family too. But mm-hmm. not as good as Forsberg because he. <laughs> I prefer Forsberg. Yeah, yeah. Happy for Gustafsson, especially because we still we still won the game and we didn't totally light him up. So he got to have a good performance. He did as much as he could in terms of getting to the shootout and only allowing one goal. Like he just got no help from his offense at that point. So that save on Timmy was really good. Like Timmy had moved him a whole bunch and being able to stretch back there to block that little wrap. Mm -hmm. That was not easy. So (laughs) super good. Who took our second shot? Uh, shoot, uh, Batherson, I think, yeah. Was it Batherson? Yeah, that one wasn't that good. Yeah, that one but, was just uh... forgettable. I don't even, I don't even remember what move he made, but the, the save on Timmy, you're right, though, he, it looked like Timmy had him beat, and he got the blocker down, like, right at the last second, so... Full credit to Gustafsson tonight, too. Yeah. Glad, glad that he was able to have a good game in front of his friends and family in Sweden, of course. Um, you know, in terms of Gustafsson, do his struggles so far this season make you feel a little bit better about how we traded him away? I I love Gus. I was a Gus fan when he was in Ottawa, but his season, the season before we traded him, was such a... I have not seen goalies lose the basic fundamentals. When it was him mm-hmm. and Hogberg in, in the crease yeah. for a little bit, both of them felt like they had forgotten how to play goal. Like, you, if you watch game tape, they're going so far out of the crease and just floating in in nowhere land. And I don't know whether it was our goalie coach at the time or what was going on, but it was such a ridiculous kind of... Like, it was junior level, but, like, not the starting goalie junior level. Like, the one that you put in as your team is already up 5 nothing or something. And so having to watch him last year look like one of the best goalies in the league just broke my brain. Because yeah. I couldn't believe how a goalie could go from that to that in like six months' time. Uh, but it's also Minnesota system, and last year they were firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy. I, I shouldn't say ha- I'm happy, but I am. I'm happy that uh, I was right about some of my concerns uh, with him and his consistency. Uh, but at the same time, I don't ever want to see a goalie uh, like kind of bomb out of the league. And I do think he has the toolkit to go. But no, no Vesna's. Not for Cam Talbot, no vessels, yeah, please. Exactly. Like if, if we had won a bunch of stuff of Cam Talbot, but instead Cam Talbot, like I, I like Cam Talbot less than I like Matt Murray. Is how <laughs> oh, I would go. God. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really went south at the end there with him. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is just the fact that Talbot didn't work out too well, and we didn't re-sign him. Is that yeah. even even if Gustafson doesn't become amazing, it's still it's definitely a loss of a trade from a value perspective, just because you didn't retain the player that you got back for Gustafson. But yeah, as long as Gus isn't just winning Vezinas, because last year he was creeping into that Vezina conversation like just a little bit, like getting near like the top five. So oh, yeah, it was getting scary. So like in terms of Gus it's if he can just be 
average, you know, if he can just be like a decent goalie, like, you know, 9-10 save percentage for his career or something, like, cool, good for him, I'll be happy for him, just no Vezinas for him, please. I totally agree, <laughs> totally agree about that. He, he can even win a Jennings. I'm fine with him winning, <laughs> yeah. winning a Jennings, yeah. but no, 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 has the sense? Have we ever had a Vesna candidate, actually? I'm trying to remember... Did Anderson, year. did Anderson get nominated in that short season? He should have, but they didn't because they he didn't play him. enough games because he, he oh. cut it. But he had a 9 4 1, mm, and it was yeah. like a 2.1. It was a historic season, but the. Oh, the man. The uh, the NHL elite refused to give him uh, give him a nod because he cut his hand cutting chicken because that season was unreal and he was unreal and our D at the time was so terrible I thought mm. they might give it to him because they would look at what we were playing with and be like oh yeah he deserves it it was that that short season was entirely that was the Carlson injury season as well right yeah, Carlson and Spezza were both out yeah so it was it, he willed us into the playoffs at that point. Mm-hmm. Then we had Mike Condon, I think, came yeah, in. Was the, that who we traded for couple, after the injury, or was that two years, years later? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm tr- did we get – I thought we got someone when Anderson was injured. I, I got the hockey Maybe not. open. Oh, good. So we good, still good, good. we still had Ben Bishop at that point, it looks like. Right, we, and, right. And Leonard was coming up from Binghamton. At that, I think it yeah. was Binghamton at that time. Yeah, so, oh, 100%. Yeah, so that was before. Actually, okay. that was the season that we traded Bishop for Conacher, right? That's when that happened, I think. Because I remember <laughs> I remember Corey Conacher scoring on the Habs in the playoffs that year at a game that I was Yeah, at. I remember that. Yeah, it must have been. It must have been. When Anderson got back, we traded Conacher and... And we kept Conacher for a little while. What a yeah. what that <laughs> that, that trade doesn't get enough. Lane. That trade does not get enough discourse on Twitter. Oh, we definitely. need to bring that back because that that was the next. <laughs> that's that's just such a weird little funny funny little moment. Mm-hmm. I feel like with both guys pretty much out of the league now, it's been it's yeah. been kind of forgotten. But you're right that 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 one did not turn out well. I and but what an acquisition from Brian Murray to originally bring Ben Bishop in too. Because if we well, kept if we kept him, oh my god, things could have been different. And I guess too, Leonard unfortunately had so many struggles in so many space, but it was yeah. it was such an impossible choice between Leonard and Bishop. Like which which one of these future potential Stanley Cup like con Smythe winners are you gonna keep? And the real answer is neither. They both well, Bishop had that one year with was it Tampa where they made it to at least the ECF? Oh yeah, it's they got to, to the finals with Bishop. Yeah. Yeah. They lost to Chicago. Good. Yeah. He was really good think- at that time. And then after that, he never really kind of recovered from from injuries. Uh, players, mm-hmm. hockey players, need to stop. Like I understand on on the playoffs, like it's so hard not to, but stop pushing yourself to the point where it will take you years to get better, Eric Carlson. Yeah, I know you're not on us anymore. <laughs> I never want to see you win because it'll break my heart. But you don't need to ruin your Achilles to the point where you can't walk. Matt Kachuk, if you need your brother to help you sit up from bed, do not go play hockey. That was there ridiculous. is more to life. I could not believe that. Like. How do you even sternum? A broken sternum? It's insane. Kachuk needed help getting out of bed and putting his gear on. If you can't even like bend over to put your gear on, how do you skate? How do you how do you take a hit at that point? Like how do you also oh, still score two goals? I know it's yeah. like Toradol and a lot of other stuff that shouldn't be shouldn't be in the that spot, but still, holy moly. Yeah, just 
craziness. Hopefully, hopefully we don't have to worry about any injuries for that. Yeah. Like our, for our players we, anytime soon. We got two to three years worth of injury karma that, that has to turn around for Ottawa. Yeah, we we hopefully we can have a, a string of good health here soon. Like, yeah. Shabbat, I don't know what the t- original timeline on him was, but I, I do wonder if he could make it back for our next game because it, it's six days. I think it's a... Yep. It's Thursday oh. that we play, right? So it's other five or six days. I would be shocked if he isn't. I, I, I fully, fully... Well, if you watch him in some of the content, too, he's not wearing anything on his hand, and it was a broken mm-hmm. hand or a fractured hand. And if you're not wearing anything, you're skating and you're even practicing shooting. Like, I'm sure there's discomfort, but he'll be back. I, I would be so surprised if I... I think it's Friday? Friday or whatever our next game is, he is not in the lineup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? It might be. I think it is Friday. Actually, I was thinking. Yeah, thir- is... I was thinking Thursday, but it's the twenty fourth. So yeah. So Friday. That's that's gonna be my next show. I think. Uh, hey, let's go. Get a get a nice week off there, man. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be tough for the players with the schedule, of course. But it's also gonna be tough for me having to do so many shows all of a sudden after we've had it so easy for the first <laughs> two months. Because even before the Sweden trip, like we had a few like three and four day breaks, which was weird. I don't really know why they they did it like that this this schedule is bonkers like it is an absolutely super weird schedule that ottawa has to follow uh because 15 games in 30 days in in uh december is just like i get it you're, you're going to sweden but give us a couple of like uh, give us a back-to-back in october or something just to mm-hmm. get a couple of those games away but it might be a blessing because if we come back from this and we get rolling and then can win like 10 out of the 15 games because we're just we've got momentum we figure ourselves out sure the 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 team is going to be tired but it is better for us on the uh on the standings yeah i you know i was surprised that considering how many games there are in december there's only two back-to-backs if i'm looking at this yeah. correctly which is <laughs> which is actually pretty good it, it, it should give them a it's a lot of games but it should give them a pretty decent pace of just um yeah like one game one game on one day on one day off you know like every two days playing and even uh january as well i was looking there's only one back-to-back february pretty light too but march is where it gets really crazy yeah march is five sets of back-to-backs in the in one month so 10 10 games that are involved in back-to-backs in march oh it's, so get get your points yeah, yeah you need some standing gotta get gotta get going on. gotta get going <laughs> and, and get some points early here because that that was the whole talking point before sweden was get your points before you go there because it might be rough when you come back yeah we we didn't quite do that but at least we are now above 500 so we're not totally out of it so so now it's uh, get your points after coming back from Sweden before the schedule gets really bad because luckily yeah. it doesn't get like so horrible right away. Yeah, and they've got some time, and I really do think they. Well, we we all know Brady's and Claude's kind of comments before with the frustrations boiling over from fans into their own locker room into everything. I think having this time away has been really good too. So they can kind of separate the season into before Sweden, Sweden, and then after Sweden. Mm-hmm. And I think as fans, we have to kind of do that too is yeah, there's a lot of frustration that has come up and it's very valid, very, very valid frustration that we should have is going into November's. We don't need to be terrified that the season's going to end halfway through the, through November again. Uh, but the team did put up, we kind of said put up or shut up and they won three out of four, I think four out of five games. I think we're on a four out of five game streak. Yeah. Since the uh, Toronto game, right? Yeah, only, exactly. Only lost to the Canucks. 
which was the game that I went to. I've gone mm. to three games this year, and they've all been horrible losses. All losses, eh? Oh, yeah. God. So you're lucky on Game Over, but you're not lucky in person. Holy crap. Yeah, it is exactly. But it's uh, it's more karma, because before last season, I had a, I was on a 28-game uh, winning streak of seeing oh the Sens in... in uh, That's crazy. Or two seasons ago, or something like that. So, yeah, pre-COVID, I only saw wins in in person. Like yeah. dating, I think it dated back to 2014. And like, I went to I went to games in like 2018, 2019 when we were terrible. Mm-hmm. I was gonna would, say during some yeah. bad seasons too, you were still seeing wins. Yeah, it was good. Got to chirp Leafs fans. Got to. I'm pretty sure I'm still banned from the faces box based on uh, <laughs> how aggressive I got with the people around oh, me. No. So I still got to. I still got to be an obnoxious sense fan, and that's all that really matters to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt pretty lucky that the, the I've gone to two games so far this year, and it was the first Tampa game where we beat them, and then the Calgary nice. game. So I got super lucky, but I knew that you were at a bunch of losses, so I, <laughs> I made me feel really lucky. Oh, Buffalo was bad I, too. The Buffalo one, I Buffalo, LA, and uh, Vancouver. So they're not even like oh nail biter like losses. It's all just like oh the they're down three nothing by the yeah mark all of, of the those second. games. Yeah. Now they do always come back a little bit to give us something to look at, but still it is not a uh i'm getting i'm getting the losses out early just like the senators yeah i got a few will, of them lined uh, up for the rest of the year and maybe i'll maybe we'll get our wins there they'll hopefully come back and and yeah. manage to pick it up on home ice especially it's <laughs> funny funny too how our home record will look a little bit better with both of these being home games in sweden but we, no. we weren't even at home like uh, yeah it shouldn't count silly. it should go in it should go into our away record they need to yeah. start winning at home come on it should be we should have like a just a third column in the standings just for just for these four teams where it's home away and then it's Sweden. The Sweden. Yeah, because it's not really it's not really home. Everyone's away. It's like neutral site, neutral site yeah. games. Wait, so the the Leafs game starts so early tomorrow and it's with mm-hmm. Minnesota. So Minnesota is going to have to play it's six o'clock for them when kind of the, no seven o'clock when the game ended, and then they're when's their next game start their time? I think seven it was two PM. Yeah, like, so they're gonna have like fourteen hours in between. That's what? brutal. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I think the when yeah when their game tomorrow ends, it will be right around the time like twenty four hours from when it started today. Started. Right, like that's two games within twenty four hours, pretty much by that logic. That's 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 crazy. That is, I'm sorry, Minnesota fans, Gary mm-hmm. Bettman, get out of here. The worst part, too, being that I think they said that Minnesota arrived in Sweden on Tuesday, and then they had to yeah. sit until Saturday, too. Like, what What a weird schedule decision. Like, even the Sens kind of, uh, uh, like, the, the Thursday-Saturday, I think it's the best of all of the bunch that they have. But even then, it kind of feels like they should have should have had, like, a, because they got in on Monday, I think, the Sens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what, they, they left it's on, weird like, to... right after the Calgary game, I think, the next day. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, it feels weird that they're doing the one day on, one day off. Like, you with the four teams, you could have given everyone, like, a couple of games, a couple of days off. Because mm-hmm. that's why I guess the Sens had to do their paddle tournament, because it would have been kind of nuts to, like, <laughs> yeah. practice, 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 game, practice, go. Like, it just would have felt like such a time. weird. Yeah, which, uh, what a great tournament, though. Hey, mm-hmm. Shout out to the Sens content team this year. They are absolutely great. killing it. And uh, I guess half of it is new ownership, probably letting them, letting them play a little bit little bit Mm -hmm. bigger in the space and but also just it seems like the the guys on the team right now are having a lot of fun with them too so it's it's super cool watching them on tiktok they finally have the even though every team is doing it i still want to see 
what Dominic Kubalik is uh, forgot when packing at home and stuff like that. So it's <laughs> nice to it's nice to get that going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ever since I think it was Craig, ever yeah. since he was gone from from the content production team. It, it had dipped a little bit, but now we're seeing that quality again. And the, the post-game videos too. Like as soon as I'm oh. done, as soon as I'm done this show, I yeah. got to go see who got the fire helmet. Yeah. It, it, it has to be either Branstrom or Forsberg. I think they got to give it to Forzy. As good as the Brady mm-hmm. goal is, Forzy, three saves uh, in the yeah, shootout. Yeah, perfect in the shootout. How many shots did Minnesota get? Was it 28? 27? Let's see, 25. 25? Okay, but still 24 saves. That's still a really good record. I think uh, I think he'll uh, I think we'll be seeing him rock that Rolex. I want to mm-hmm. see Ron Hainsey shake his hand. Oh yeah, we need another Hainsey <laughs> appearance in the videos too. Like what a what a weird. I I know I bring it up probably everything. What a weird thing that we had Ron Hainsey at an insane cost, like four point nine million or whatever, and then afterwards he's like, yeah, I'm retiring. Like I don't know if there's ever been another player in the league who so clearly was like, I'm only in it for the money here. Yeah. Like every every other like spot, he probably would have just hung him up unless like some perennial contender wanted to get him as a seventh defenseman for like league minimum. And mm-hmm. we were giving him 5 million Eric good Branson right after what a weird era. So as much as we want to like complain about sometimes our systems and our D can be not at the, the level that we think we are, we have come so far in like yeah, three years. It, it oh. has been much worse before, so so we have to put it all into perspective, right? <laughs> and yeah, like, everyone is talking about Chicago with the Corey Perry and Nick Felino contracts, $4 million, but the Sens yeah. did it first with freaking yeah, yeah. Ron Get Hainsey and Zaitsev. Like, <laughs> oh, God. We, we were the originators of the cap circumvention. <laughs> but not in the fun way not the fun no. way that wins in stanley cups like tampa and vegas in the exactly. way where it's like oh you are going to see the worst product on ice mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. go the the one thing the one aspect where dorian was very good at managing was managing the cap floor not the cap ceiling somehow <laughs> apparently that's much harder but the cap floor he was a wizard and I do appreciate that whether it was Eugene's orders or uh, or not, we're not in a Minnesota situation where we signed two players for way too much money and now have like what what is it negative fifteen million or something? Oh yeah, it's somewhere like, somewhere around there. It's gonna be like, bad. That's like how 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 I don't even how? know what they're gonna do. Like that's just it. Like, mm-hmm. are there any players on their team we should target this off season? Yeah, whoever <laughs> whoever Minnesota wants to move out, we'll we'll er- take them. Eric Sinek. I would love Eric Sinek. That would be we pretty good. We could do good. that. Yeah, Brodine too. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. You don't need him. We'll we'll, uh, we'll join in on the Minnesota fire sale. Oh yeah, Brodine's only making six million. That's that's bonkers. That's bonkers. That's pretty me. fair. Yeah, fair deal. Yeah. I think before we go, I'll I'll yeah. take a little look at the chat and see see who we've got in here. Uh, you know, I almost brought this up earlier. Uh, Devin Olson said the dry saddle goal on Hogberg in Edmonton from from that Canadian division season will be forever burned in my brain. As soon as you <laughs> said Marcus Hoberg, I was thinking of that. So exactly what Devin uh, said, that that popped into my brain immediately when you were talking about uh, Gus and Hogberg with their both of them just forgetting how to play goalie. At, at like, different times just bonkers but I, also i just want to say it does seem like hoberg is doing a lot better i know that he had some some rough years uh kind of around the covid seasons mm-hmm. but he's, play, he he's in, in the Sweden? shl i think yeah. he's in the shl and he's he's got a kid and he just seems 
this is me based on Instagram stories. Like I do not have a uh, anything more than that, but it seems like he's in a lot, a much better place, which is which is nice. It's always so tough to see the uh, yeah, he's rocking a 2.29, 9.25 or 0.925 and mm. uh, in nice. Linkobing uh at the shl so shout out to shout out to hoberg shout but it's out just, to marcus hoberg yeah i'm a goalie person so whenever uh whenever there's goalies especially the european ones that uh that pop up in in ottawa i want to see them at least have because it's tough it's a tough market mm-hmm. and then having to play so much in bell vegas i'm sure is really tough on them when they're used to even like small swedish towns have such better infrastructure than than uh, like ottawa and then yeah. they have to go to, to belleville like that's not easy <laughs> for everyone so it's nice to see them flourish either in the nhl or away but just don't beat the sense yeah i liked hogberg uh when he was here before that canadian division season too like he was really good the year before that like oh. we we were so garbage and he still had like a 905 save percentage or something the year before yeah. that d- despite us losing every game when he was in net he just had no goal support but he was playing really well so it's nice to hear that he's doing well in Sweden and and I wonder if if he'll ever get a chance back in the NHL you know like Magnus Helberg uh making yeah. his way back after being in being in Europe for a while I I wonder that might happen at some point like people are still paying Martin Jones like yeah they, somehow these 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 teams need to go out go overseas sign one of these for even an AHL deal because I I think there's a lot goaltending especially is a lot more universal than the the forwards uh, but the AHL should be way less of these journeymen well, not that I think there's any fault on them but if you are actually wanting to get prospects and get playing time you should be signing at least one weird European goalie a season mm-hmm. and getting them time in the AHL and if it doesn't work out they can just release them if they want to be released and back to Europe or let them play it out in the ECHL because I think there's so many goaltenders. Like every Olympics, every world championship, there's always a goalie who you're just like, who the hell is this? That just ends up standing on their head. Like that Latvian goalie, I can't remember his name. Oh, when yeah, they won bronze. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, come on. I still Get remember his somewhere. name and it's That's... not like he did much in the NHL. I still remember him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, Let's Tate in the chat saying if Ottawa, yep, shout out Tate Fraser. (laughs) If Ottawa wins their games at hand over Detroit and Tampa, they're a wild card team. Crazy what two wins will do. So that's true too, is that we have these games in hand now. I remember last year we constantly had less (laughs) games played than the other teams, and that was our that was our copium of being like, oh, we'll just we'll win those and then we'll catch up. So we're back in that position again. Uh, It's it's good to have. Like we might not win those games in hand, but at least it it gives us a little bit of a. A little bit of hope there yeah we're 15 games played pretty much everyone else is on 17 except for boston like, and toronto so and even them aren't they at least at 16 i think toronto yeah, is toronto is 16 and they'll play tomorrow to get yeah to exactly which is weird because if they're on the swedish trip too like yeah. why are they not why did in we the have same less position? games it's, it's weird. so weird yeah what the hell are they doing but yeah <laughs> it's it's suddenly it looks decent. That's I guess what that's what four wins and five games will will yeah. do to you because it was it was doom and gloom on the show up until we went to Sweden basically. So <laughs> even that Calgary game was kind of just uh, like a, all right, good that we can still beat a, t- a team like Calgary who yeah hate yeah. each they must hate each other. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to focus too much on other teams, but like watching that Calgary game, it felt like like. 2018 sense where like no one really enjoyed being on the ice with the other players mm-hmm. and they were on a back-to-back so if we can't beat a team like that then that is that is you cancel the swedish trip you take the forfeit you yeah. you send oh everyone off to like some 
yeah, some intensive like camp to like reget your mental. Mm-hmm. And I guess I guess to close it out here, along the similar similar yeah. train of thought, Hamza saying the Sens only need two more wins to have at least a 500 record uh, in their first 20 games. We're almost at the 20 game mark, of course, uh, with that with that 17 games played. So yeah. if we just if we win two of the next three, we're that's probably the first time in the last like six years that we we've been above 500 in the first 20 games, right? It's been a while. So even I would though... say it's the first time in the last five years we've been above like 300. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, true, true, definitely. Because uh, it's yeah, it, it's been a while. So even though it's been a lot of a lot of drama and a lot of uh, like discontent amongst the fan base, it it could be a lot worse, and things are looking up. I would say. Yeah, a hundred percent. As as I have been more critical, I think, on the Sens this year than I have in a really really long time, and it's just out of frustration mm-hmm, because it, yeah. we're watching a product on ice that we know can be better than what it is. Where in previous years, we were watching a product on ice, and that was kind of all it was. So it's this this need to see them succeed for both our own our own sake and for the players' sake. And that's that's where I think all of this boiling over is going. And I think it's, it's not a bad thing. Like, yeah, it sucks when you see your own team booed on home ice. But at the same time, it's showing that we want that next level. And it's up to the players. It's up to DJ. It's up to Steve Steos. I guess Alfie now, because he's behind the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, to really figure it out and get them to uh, get them going. But if there's one thing that's going to do it, it is a road trip like this where last game, yeah, that second period is an all-time bad period for the Sens. Uh, and then this game, but they still won. They still, they hunkered down in the third. They won. That's a real resiliency. And this game was a nail-biting defensive game where I don't really think Minnesota was had any mo- like we talked about the Sens not having any crazy moments i don't think minnesota had that many crazy moments themselves to try That's and put true. it away so you can hang your hat off of two really blue collar lunch pail games mm-hmm. and take that back to ottawa come in with a clean head work on some of the systems you got six days figure out where you're lacking like we've got Tierney, Tierney, get that number, get those numbers up to uh, to DJ and DJ be receptive of them. And I really think that this sense team can easily win 66% of their games of the next rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I want it, it. Exactly. Regardless of how we play in the actual games, it's the results that matter in the end. So the fact that the team has been finding a way to win some games here, regardless yeah. of how they play out, is super encouraging, especially like... I think I tweeted we we're 0-6 in games where we were not where we were trailing leading into the yep. third period. Uh, so we we broke that curse. We we finally got a win when <laughs> trailing. So thing, things are looking up a little bit. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll, I'll run one last chest question from the chat. Uh, Adam yeah. Firebear. He has two questions actually. He's saying. Yeah. Uh, Luke Luke Prokop, first openly gay player in the AHL. Of course, we yes, we want to celebrate that. Yeah, uh, very happy to see that last night. Um, I I didn't realize that he had started off in the ECHL, but I looked and he actually had like really good numbers down there. He was like plus seven in eight games. So <laughs> so it looks like he did. He earned the call up uh, with uh, with pretty good merit too. So very happy to see that. And it was uh it was very bold of him to of course come out before he's even really established in pro hockey. Hundred percent. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I never thought he should be in the CHL. Like, if you look at his his skill set, he like 
he's not going to be a world beater. He's not going to, he's not going to win a Norris ever, but it doesn't look, he's not an ECHL defender. So I'm mm-hmm. glad it was a very short stint down there. And to be fair, Seattle does have a very kind of clogged junior blue line. So you do kind of have to make your, make your space there, but it's great to see him in the AHL. I want to see him in the NHL. I would love to see it this season because the season has been such a, regression of progressiveness in well, a lot of places but the, since we're on a hockey podcast i won't go too far off base <laughs> but having having that to start the season uh, the discourse last year around pride jerseys and uh, and the players uh, like Reimer and and the stalls kind of uh, deciding to ruin it for for everyone else in the league for having no backbone and sticking up is it was disgusting so Mm -hmm. having that pushback it's great you got to celebrate all the players that are willing to do it uh what was the team who who was the team that had their pride night and they all had uh, a pride was that seattle still oh uh was it the one yesterday yeah it was recent uh winnipeg winnipeg last yeah winnipeg see i forget about winnipeg the winnipeg is like the minnesota and winnipeg are teams that technically exist i never think of them (laughs) yeah Uh, but it Winnipeg, amazing to see that buy-in. Amazing to see Dermot stand up. And it was it, it shows that, you know what, right now, especially where everything's kind of going a little wacky, you have to be vocal and you have to stand up for things that are uh, that that are, are egregious, these these regressions. So great for Pro- Luke. I want to see more. I want to see him up in the NHL and I want to see him not have ever have to fear for his own career, fear for his well-being and fear for not being accepted on a team. So this is a great first step, but the the journey is just starting. Yep. I totally agree with everything you said. And uh, Prokop, hoping he makes the NHL, especially because you, if you think about it, there's like a thousand players in the NHL at any given time. But yeah. and, and that's not counting like AHL players going up and down. Odds are a few of them are gay and they, they haven't <laughs> been able to come out yet. So I think Prokop already being out and then potentially being able to make the NHL while already being in that position, that could be uh, kind of inspiring for other players who are potentially closeted too. Like it must be tough, especially with how big like uh, all the wives and girlfriend like events are with, around all the teams too. <laughs> yep. So so it, it's awesome to see from Prokop. I'm, I'm glad that he was able to take that step for himself to come out. And I hope that he has a fantastic career and makes the NHL soon. And uh, Suns can acquire him. Yeah, Let's we do can it. do that yeah. too. Bring him in, bring him in. I'm, I'm down, I'm down for it. Oh, perfect. And then uh, the other question that Adam had was, <laughs> how inconvenienced is Bosti going to be when he has to appear on all these streams now so we can go on a 10-game run? I do nothing. I am like, if you look at my Twitter feed, you see that I am constantly tweeting at all hours of the day. Yeah, it's because I do not leave my house. So it is not inconvenience at all. I watch every game. The only ones I can't go to are the ones where I go to the uh, the game itself. But even then, I get like terribly FaceTime in from the CTC parking lot. Uh, so yeah, I'll be here. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, your streak is alive. And it I think it's you... four. It's either four or five. Like Five. I... Here's the thing. I seem to remember having you on four times last year, but I can only remember three of the games. So I don't know if it's four or five at this point. But Either regardless, way, I'll take it. Regardless, especially with the Sens being basically like a 50-50 coin flip from <laughs> last season and this season with their record, like that's very impressive. So uh, we might have to have you back on again very soon to, to just, keep the winning streak alive. It's not for the content. It's just for the points. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Whatever we can do for some good karma. But yeah. uh, that's where we're going to leave it tonight. Uh, before you, before we go, do you want to plug your Twitter or anything? 
Hey, you can you can follow Matt Bosty. You'll see me around because I don't shut <laughs> yeah, up. If, um, if someone <laughs> watching somehow doesn't know you already, <laughs> uh, but in all honesty, just uh, just support good causes and uh, just be kind to people. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. So yeah, that's where we're gonna leave it for today. Very glad uh, with how the Send Sweden trip went, and I will be back in six days from now it's gonna be a long break to cover <laughs> i think i think we play the islanders so i will be back yeah. for that stream uh hopefully i will see you all then thank you everyone so much for watching subscribe to sdpn if you are not already we are closing in on a hundred thousand subscribers on the channel so we want to get those numbers up and hit that milestone leave a like on the stream because it really helps share this around if you enjoyed thank you everyone for watching or listening and have a great day boom